0: Good, thank you, Zerk. So welcome to the recitation. I'm delighted to, have, to be joined by John Herstick. Uh He's a founder, developer of SolidWorks, um, led that for many years, and now is pioneering the future of CAD at Onshape with his colleagues. He's gonna spend about half an hour on that historical arc and demos of where it is today, and then open for discussion. So,
1: please go ahead, John. Thank you, Neil. Um, so uh, as Neil said, I'm John Hirschtek from Onshape. And I've worked in CAD for over 35 years straight. And I was lucky enough to be part of uh, SolidWorks and have been part of building many other CAD products. Sometimes people ask me, what was it like at the beginning? What was it like when I was just getting started? And my feeling is that today now is still the beginning. And today now I'm just getting started. Because even though we've worked to build CAD tools, and there have been many generations of CAD tools and many different CAD tools today. As you know, I feel like we're maybe half done with building the tools that that engineers and designers need to build great products. Half done with the technology and half done with the benefit we can bring to designers and engineers. And so, as Neil said, I'll take you through a really brief history of CAD, give you some context to to SOLIDWORKS and Onshape, and we'll show you a demo and have some discussion. Many of you, uh, you all you all know about CAD, you all use CAD, I've looked at, at some of your, your profiles online, but I don't know how many of you realize that CAD dates back to the early 1960s, and this um, PhD thesis from Ivan Sutherland at MIT, I believe, is the earliest research work I could find on CAD, and if you've never seen it and you're interested in CAD like I am, this is sort of a landmark thesis, it's called Sketchpad. You can find it online, and you can find video demonstrations of the system online. Sutherland um, envisioned a computer-aided design system at a time when most people didn't even know what a computer was. Not only was I'm it the sorry, first dead, you
0: know, Um Ivan was one of my inventors at Sun. Um, he was oh. the advisor of Danny Cohen, who was one of the architects of the Internet. Um, almost anything well, anybody's well, well, done anything with the computer, did first, it and did first, and arguably did, and did better than anybody, be better still than does it today. Yes.
1: today. Yes, and so since you you know, again, I thought this would be, you know, this, is a, this isn't the kind of thing I talk about normally, but I like talking to this group. I thought you'd appreciate it. I'm glad, Neil, you do. Sutherland's amazing. He went on to win both a Turing Award and a Kyoto Prize, Turing Award being like the sort of Nobel Prize in Computing. And the other thing, Neil, I don't know if you've ever noticed for the real the real hardcore uh nerd historian types may notice that the thesis supervisor on this thesis, on Sutherland's thesis, Neil, do you ever notice, see who that is? Um no, I, That's Claude Shannon. What
0: so it's it's sad and I didn't, uh, it's not that. That. I didn't notice
1: that. You've never noticed it. So I I got to teach Neil something today. So that makes me really happy. Um, I, yeah, I, I didn't yeah, notice it computer. Pardon? You know the computer? It's, it's he
0: what? The computer
1: he oh, the the um TX two and ranking
0: the computers of yes, computer yes. the world with. and yeah. it is also notable that we obviously
1: not have computer uh, uh, computer-controlled
0: computer machining it was what it was the controller that was um oh. machining
1: well uh, okay so so since so, so i i want to tell you all out there If you're interested go to YouTube there's an amazing video that I don't have time to show and you can look at the thesis but uh, and a couple points here is that not only did he envision the first CAD system but it might well be the first example of object-oriented programming the first example of an interactive use of a computer the first example of computer graphics the first example of hardware assisted input devices you know people people have to appreciate the enormous vision that Sutherland had it's just amazing and then the last piece of Sutherland's amazing trivia is um he's still alive which may be surprising to you but not to him he still works in research and I actually met him I sought him out at Portland State University it's not easy to find him he's not on LinkedIn or Facebook I found him by going to the campus, walking around and finding his office. Long story, it took me two visits, and I had lunch with him, and I got to hold one of the uh, memory modules from the TX2 in my hand and talk to Sutherland. It was an amazing experience. So anyway, it goes back over 50 years. That's the research vision. I got into the game at MIT um, doing research in CAD in the early 80s and got a job. And I don't have time to talk about the evolution of the CAD market, but there were there there's probably a hundred companies and software programs we can talk about. I'm just going to frame the discussion by talking about three. In the early 80s, Autodesk um, comes along and they put 2D CAD, which was really about computer drafting, you know, drawing lines on the screen uh, on the then new DOS PC. How many of you have used the DOS PC ever? Neil has a few people. How many of you have never heard of it? Don't even know what I'd be talking about. Don't know what C calling backslash yeah. is. Okay. Okay. Um, at the time it would have been unthinkable that you know people would never remember a DOS PC, but they don't. And they pioneered in the business model too, how they did business. Then PTC came along in the later 80s. PTC, the first company to really make solid modeling work for making serious, fully detailed professional models. Now, we had solid modeling before that in the research community in the early 80s and the 70s, but it wasn't really practical for making fully detailed plastic parts, metal parts, assemblies, things like that. PGC brought that power um, to a UNIX workstation and made it really work for the first time using features and parametrics. The sort of paradigm that that many systems today use and almost all commercial work uses, whether using PGC, SolidWorks, NX, CATIA, they they all use this kind of feature-based history method that PTC pioneered, but it was expensive and based on Unix workstations, okay? And then that led to the founding of SolidWorks. In in the early 90s, I saw what PTC had done and said, I love this 3D feature-based modeling paradigm, but too expensive, too hard to use on Unix computers. Can we make it cheaper like Autodesk and run it on Microsoft's new Windows platform? I was a big believer in Windows. And so, you know, what we did with SolidWorks is we combined sort of the modeling philosophy of PTC, the business philosophy of Autodesk, and the platform of Microsoft. This is a simplification, but again, we don't have a lot of time. And with that vision, I said, hey, the world needs a new generation of CAD. My friends told me I was crazy. PTC was out there. Why would anyone need a new CAD system? And um, we were lucky enough, right place, right time. And today, we're, we're really happy that SolidWorks is used by millions of users um, here's SOLIDWORKS then and now. I thought you're probably all familiar with the picture on the right. You know, looks looks like SOLIDWORKS or maybe, a, you know, a couple years ago version. The one on the left, I doubt many of you have seen. That's like the earliest picture I could find of an early version of SOLIDWORKS. And you see the progress from this type of model and this type of UI over to here, but it's the same, the same code. Very gratifying run. I spent 18 years at SOLIDWORKS, and I was happy there. Um, you know, it's a great product and a great company but I started to notice changes. Um, I noticed that computing had changed again, and we had a new platform called Cloud, Web, and Mobile, which platforms are to CAD system builders, you know, what raw materials are to people who build physical products. You know, you say, wow, there's this cool new material, what can we do with it? I also noticed when I visited users, they talked to me about di- different things. Well, um, you, you know, earlier I'd visit users and they talk about creating cool products and modeling shapes and so forth, but increasingly my visits were consumed by people telling me hey we've changed our process John we we have people working in multiple sites and more people I now call that an agile process I didn't call it that at the time but much like what happened in software engineering where you know they've gone to an agile highly iterative process I saw that happening in hardware engineering and people were were working on faster time constants the teams were distributed and as a result They'd spend an hour or two telling me about hassles with downloading, installs, licensing, versions of software, versions of files, copying files, overwriting change, all these nightmare problems it got me thinking. So that to elaborate on those problems, design is done in teams. Now you right now are working on pro- projects on your own and that's super, and if you can do it on your own, that's fantastic, but collaboration is important too. And if you look at a team, the first problem with traditional CAD is everyone needs a copy of the system. You, you, down, you need to download install it from somewhere. It could be a cloud server. It could be a, a DVD. It could be some sort of download. You're dealing with updates and service packs, and then you have to deal with, is everyone on the same revision of CAD? That's just the software. Let's talk about the files. Everyone needs a copy of the files in order to work. Together, CAD was designed to be file-based, which is, you know, it seemed right at the time, but I don't, I actually don't think it's a very good idea, because when you work as a group, people need copies of the files, as you know, in a real product, it's not one file, but a collection of them, no matter how you copy them with file servers, emails, FTP, or whatever, you end up with a mess. People have multiple copies, you have problems. Where's the latest version? Are you going to overwrite someone else's work? Are they overwriting your work? You know, checkout and locking hassles, by the way, even if you're one person, I like to think you kind of collaborate, we call it collaborating with yourself. You work on multiple devices, you know, wait a minute, is the latest version of that file on my computer? And we really want you to use mobile devices, too, like you use for everything else in your world. And that's not a part of the CAD world today, but hold that thought for our demo in a moment. By the way, you know, we tried to fix this. I build all kinds of systems for storing files and... We thought, well, we could copy them to the cloud. And, you know, you can use Dropbox or you can use cloud storage of files. And it may get a little better, but basically no matter what you're doing, you, you just really move the problems to the cloud. You haven't really fixed them, okay? You end up with copies everywhere. It's a mess. By the way, this diagram, in my opinion, is a, it looks complicated, but it's a simplification of any real-world design. I, I've never seen – A real-world product design that's this simple okay it's it's always a much more complicated process and flow of data again it may be a little different for you but as your projects grow and your teams grow you're going to have these problems too. products get built but of course products got built before there were computers you know products got built on pencil and paper we could we could go back to there if we want there has to be a better way and that's what we tried to build with Onshape We founded Onshape with a vision for a completely unique and different kind of CAD system. We call it Full Cloud CAD. We're the only system in the world where the CAD system and the CAD data live in one place in the cloud. They're never copied anywhere. There's no installing of software on different computers. There's no copying of files. You don't download copies of files. The data stays in one place. There's There's none of the hassles associated with installing software. There's no hassles associated with copying files. We really rethought Onshape as a kind of cloud-based business system. You know, the way you, if you use other systems like Google Docs, or if you use other cloud systems in general that people work with um, uh, in shared data, you, you work this way. And we just felt if we built a whole new CAD system this way, it would enable people to work faster, to use an agile process, to work more innovatively, and no matter what computer they're on, no matter what mobile device they're on—phones or tablets or whatever—and this is what we've built with Onshape. So today, Onshape has been released for about a year. Um, we run on anything: um, Macintosh, Linux, Chromebooks, Firefox, Safari, Chrome, Opera. Um, it doesn't—it doesn't matter. Um, we run, and we have complete. A complete professional grade CAD system with component modeling, assembly modeling, with constraints, drawings. I'll show you this in a moment. Applications, we have a cool custom parametrics capability with a language for defining features. And everything's got built-in version control and collaboration built in at the core. Real-time collaboration, not by using a collaboration program, which, you know, but just, it's inherently collaborative. How many use Google Docs or other cloud-based collaborative apps? I mean, like everyone on Earth, right? You know, but CAD, we're still passing files around. You wouldn't run any other business process by passing files around. You know? Like if you if you did accounting or something, you would never pass files around. Neil at MIT, where you know you're running like class registration, you don't like check out a file of class registrations, make change. That's a ridiculous idea, guys. Okay? We just don't believe that file-based workflows are going to work in the future. Call us crazy if you like. Um, and so I also want to take a moment to tell you that OnShape is free for students, teachers, and open source projects. You can go to our website um, and check this out on your own. Um, there's there, there's you can get started right away, you can create accounts for open source or for students and teachers. We also have lots it's of resources online. That yeah. Was that was going to be one of my questions.
0: Uh where uh, Fab Labs and Fab um, are there any differences between the free and the pro version and remind me how they, just recap how they get access to the free version?
1: So th- there's no functional difference between free and pro in terms of the modeling features or whatever. Um, the free version, the free there's a free version and an educational version. The free version, you work with public data. So you can use it unlimited all the features, unlimited time, unlimited storage. But your data is public. And as a result, by the way, there's a huge public library of models. It's very cool. I'll show you in a moment. And you just you just go to the website. You can all create you can all create your own OnShape account and start using it before I start my demo in two slides. Okay? It's that easy. There is no download or install. It doesn't matter what computer you're using. You can all go do it right now. Okay. Please do, by the way, and follow along. It's no problem there. And it's just so easy. There just is no, you know, we've taken out all the drama of it. It's like asking how to get started with Google Docs. And then on the education side, you get um, uh, uh, all the functionality. You have to certify that you're a student or a teacher, which I imagine many of you are, or obviously you're all students in Fab Academy. And um, it's it gives you all the functionality. Your documents have a small icon at the side that indicate they're Education documents. Um, is that that answered? So you just go to the website and sign up. Yeah, um, and I believe, we have lots yeah, of and We can
0: follow up after. I believe we set up for educational access for the Fab Academy. Uh, let's get, we can confirm that yes.
1: after. Yeah. Right. Right. We're setting it up. I almost forgot, Neil. We should have mentioned that. We're setting up with Neil that you'll get. You'll get. This will be on, on the Fab Academy site. Um, our, my colleague here, Noah. Noah Flaherty is setting that up. And, uh, but again, it's not much to set up for us. It's really just kind because we've set up to do this from the beginning. And we have all kinds of resources. This I want to emphasize because it won't be as obvious to you. A lot of times people just want to jump in and start using it. Please take a look at our training materials. We've got, we've got um, for individuals, we've got essential training. We've got an intro to CAD for people who are new to CAD. We've got tutorials. We've got tons of videos. Um, we also have great forums. You really want to jump into the forums and ask questions. And then for people who are instructors, we've got a college curriculum, we've got a high school instructor kit, we've got lesson plans um, and uh, evaluation criteria, and it's a great package. And you really, you know, it's easy to miss because what happens is people go to the website, they jump right into the account, and they want to start modeling. Take a look at the training materials that are up there for everyone. Particularly important to this community I know you don't want to only learn yourself, you want to share with others. So that's all there. And here's my contact info, if you need to reach me um, uh email, Twitter, and of course our website. And um, with that, I'll jump in to show you a little bit of Onshape. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Um, so, so you can all see, so first thing about Onshape, you've all seen CAD before, right? Um you all know CAD and you've seen it before, but you you haven't um you haven't seen CAD like this before because what so I'm going to show you with OnShape, there is nothing installed. Okay. The first thing to tell you about OnShape is there's no installed software and every other CAD demo you've ever seen before, I believe, almost you know, every pro CAD demo you've ever seen before, before before using um, the CAN system, before the demonstration, whoever's giving the demo would have downloaded and installed gigabytes of software, downloaded and copied hundreds of files. I really want to emphasize to you right now, I haven't done any of that, okay? I'm running a web browser on my MacBook Pro. If, I, if you wanted to, you could say, oh, stop the demo right now, and I could pick it up on one of your computers just by logging in right now with nothing installed, Okay. All right, really want to get that point. I haven't done any prep. There's nothing special about my computer. There's nothing special about my internet connection. I'm running the screen sharing at the same time. Yes, that eats up bandwidth. I'm not worried about it. We have normal Wi Fi. Okay? All right, so that's very different than any other system you would have seen before, I believe. Okay? But yet, um, the, despite the fact there's nothing installed, we've got the kind of pro level. Now, we're We focus on being a pro-level system. We're concerned with enabling people to make detailed, real manufactured products that professionals do. And indeed, Onshape has a ton of professional companies and users. As a result, we've got the modeling power and graphics that pros expect. It just all happens in the browser in real time. Now, on my screen, these, these 3D graphics are updating smoothly in real time. Onshape is a lot faster than Google Hangouts, which can't keep up, so you're going to see the frame rate is going to make it appear like jumpy, but that's Hangouts. On my screen, this is perfectly smooth. Yes, you can run Onshape on anything. If you're building complex models, you're going to want a good graphics card, for sure. You know, the better the machine you have and graphics card, the better result you're going to get, but you can run us on anything. We've got, this shows you the part assembly modeling. This is all built in Onshape, and here I'm simulating the assembly motion using assembly constraints. Yes, it's happening in real time, and yes, it's happening right in the browser with nothing installed. That's part in assembly mode. We'll make a model of our own in a few minutes. We also have drawings, so you can make complete detailed drawings for manufacturing, for assembly instructions. I don't know how many of you in, in Fab Labs are making drawings like this, but in the commercial world, of course, they're extraordinarily important. Um, with the viewing and annotation options that that you need to fully support uh, drawings. Beyond parts assemblies and drawings, Onshape has an API that turns into a powerful platform. And you may want to use the API yourself, but we already have 40 partners that in our app store, 40 that do things like rendering and CAM and simulation and parts library and. 3D printing services and there's some 3D printing tools there's STL analysis tools and there's a whole bunch of other apps on the way that are being developed so you can go to our app store and see all sorts of apps we didn't write them we have a whole community and I'll show you a few of them quickly um, just what you can do this is a, a partner app that does CFD in the browser okay computational fluid dynamics simulating fluid flow through that valve I showed you here's a rendering um, there's CAM as well. I know you have a choice of a lot of tools. We give you this community of tools right in Onshape with our App Store. These are all cloud based tools. Um, and uh, the, uh, the other thing to show you, I wanted to show you, is that we also have added mesh model support in sort of a unified environment alongside traditional boundary representation parts. This is new, Neil. You may not have even seen this. So, this is an STL file that I've imported, this is a generative design of a really interesting mechanical component. You see the STL, the points on the STL are referenceable in modeling so that I can, um, I can uh, reference these and use them to construct geometry. I'm not gonna do that right now, will just show you a bunch of parts. So you can combine with the generative shape, you can combine it with traditional designed um, you know, manufactured shapes in one modeling environment. Okay, this has been really exciting. We have a lot of customers that that enjoy doing this. So your STL could come from scanning, it could come from generative design, it could come from a part that you just happen to have an STL. It could come from one of the other CAD, CAD tools that you're using there. We're on so that that's parts, assemblies, drawings, apps, and the fact that we we use the um, STL and generative design. Where Onshape really shines is inversion control. And, and collaboration. For version control, we actually track every edit that's ever been made to the model, okay? Every single edit in a, in a timeline, okay? The timeline starts very linearly with, um, you know, these are these are changes I was making a long time ago, you know? And then um, we, we can establish versions wherever you like. In the timeline, you save a version, and it's stored. And then these colored lines indicate branches. Okay? Any of you who've used um, tools like GitHub, you'll be familiar with this. This is the way software is built. But for hardware, you know, we've never really thought about these kinds of concepts, but we think they're super important. I just, just the call I had previously was with a, a very large, well known global manufacturer, and they were telling us that their team has discovered branching emerging. And and they think it's amazing. They've never, never seen anything like it. So you can work on your own in different branches and merge changes together. Whether you use branching and merging or whether you use versioning or not, every edit you've ever made is stored as a transaction, okay? It's kind of wild. We're the only system that does that. What it means is you can go back to any point in time previously and get back to that good version that you had an hour ago or two hours ago or a day ago, whether you explicitly saved or not. There is no save button in Onshape. Everything's saved. Again, kind of like a Google Docs meets GitHub kind of concept, okay? Um, We have great um, uh, translators and things as well. You can read and write most any CAD format. Here I'm showing you that, you know, the power of pro and parametrics means that you you can design and import and work with larger, more complex models, and I think to me that's um, one of the cool things about makers is not to be limited in your imagination or what you can design. You know, I, I see people with 3D printers and they say, look, I made a case for an iPhone. And I say, yeah, but, but, um, why don't you think about designing not an iPhone case, but an iPhone? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and, you know, we can laugh at that now, but I think that's where, the, that's the power of where you're going, Neil, and, and all of you with what you're doing, because that's what's happened in software. You know, I was in software where Pro Tools at a time, many years ago, Pro Tools were different than than Free Tools. Today, Free Tools are Pro Tools, and if you want to build software, you can build software every bit as good as professionals do, and I think with Onshape, you're going to be able to design products every bit as good as professionals. Let's design a a new piece together. Let's say we want to put in a, a plastic housing over here to house some new electronics. We're going to design this from scratch. Everything I've shown you so far is something that I've designed, you know, I've shown you pre-built models. Now let's make something um, from scratch. We'll call it electronics housing, okay? And we're going to do it in a few minutes, and then we'll open up for questions. So so the first thing I'm going to do is um, is to start sketching. We have a full range of parametric feature-based modeling um, operations. Again, pro-level modeling for doing very serious serious level designs. So here, everything's parametric. I can um, enter the size. I can, of course, change them later. We build up models as a series of features. Here's an extrude feature. Um, People told us it would be impossible to do this kind of modeling in the browser, but we've shown them wrong. Um, we have, if you look in the extrude box, I'm just making a simple extrude. But if we wanted to, we could make a very complex one. We have all the kinds of options that pros are used to, including you know, two-directional extrusion and up-to-next, up-to-face, up-to-part, different kinds of end types, offsets. We can extrude with draft angle. There's a very rich set. These are the kind of tools that pros need if you're going to build very detailed complex models you can work with surfaces as well as solids so in this case I'll make the simple extrude this is going to be a plastic box I'll put a fillet on it Um, you know about um, filleting tools I hope you're all using CAD systems that have filleting here I'm changing the size in real time I get it looking right Um, and okay there's a basic shape for my plastic box now In a real-world model, that feature set of features would grow to hundreds. Here's the feature manager on the left, or or tens. Um, Right now, I'm just going to run with this basic shape. We only have a few minutes here. I'm going to call it V1. I'm hitting the version and creating a version. Now, everything I've done is saved automatically. The version is really just a marker in my version graph here. You'll see I now V1 basic shape. Now, I want to simulate, I'm going to do some sharing. Let's say I want to share with a colleague and get them involved. I merely enter their email, okay, and if they don't have Onshape, they'll get an invitation for a free account. I, I, I select which permissions, this is familiar to those of you who use Google Docs, I could give them permissions to export and reshare, or I could not. I could even have someone edit the model without giving them permission to export it, if I wanted to. I hit the share button, and now um, I want to, uh, Simulate what it looks like to have a second user running, okay? Something you're probably not doing with traditional CAD. So I've created an incognito window over here, and I'm going to log in as a second window. And I want you to imagine that this second window is not on my computer, but it's on my colleague, Steve, my fictional colleague. Imagine this is Steve's computer halfway around the world. And Steve, um, by the way, Think of what just happened here. I I haven't, there's no need for for my colleague to download or buy any software, okay? First of all, or install anything. I just sent him a a link and he opened it in a browser. Um, There's no need for him to, him or her, to get a copy of the file. I didn't send a copy of the file. Steve doesn't have to say to me, well, wait a minute, which version of the file are you talking about? or or John, you need to be super careful that you're not editing the model at the same time. It doesn't matter, okay? We both jump in. Um, Neil, you told me yesterday the great lengths you went to to get the right collaborative video environment set up for this class, and you don't just use a traditional webinar or or broadcasting way, because you felt collaboration was important. Well, we went to those lengths with CAD, and so what you see here are two people in the same CAD database at the same time. This isn't a collaboration tool. I, I know you could, you know, if you wanted to, anyone could use Skype or GoToMeeting or whatever to screen share. That's not what's happening here. I'm not entering a collaboration tool. I'm using the CAD system in its natural environment as we would just normally, and I'm able to collaborate. Those of you who use Google Docs will recognize the collaboration cues. Steve sees that John's in the model. If I want, I can see what what, I can go into a follow mode and see what the other person is doing. Or not, the idea is that you would you would accidentally run into each other in the model that's fine globally, no problem there. so i'm going to ask Steve that the right hand window is going to get to work on turning this model into a thin shelled plastic part using the shell command. so I hit the shell command
2: see that
1: I shelled it out, and it instantly updates in the other window now. Remember, these two windows are not windows on this, in the same software on my computer. These, these are meant to represent two different computers a world apart, okay? And uh, I could share with, in fact, if any of you have created Onshape accounts during the talk, maybe I'll get a chance to share with you. I don't really care where you are in the world. I don't care what computer you're on. I have no fear that we'll be overriding each other's changes. These collaboration cues tell me a lot about what's going on. So if John goes in on the left, if I go back and I want to edit that fillet, um, you see here I'm changing the fillet radius a little bit. You see over here on the right, I get a, a cue that shows my icon, says John's working on a fillet. Okay, these social cues are super important to people coordinating work, that we, what we've learned. So I can change this, I can make it much smaller, for example, and um, when I, uh, you see it updated instantly. And just to make that clear, I'll hit undo over here on the left. Undo and uh, redo, and you see how quickly it updates. And that's true not only of a part, but uh, that could be an assembly as well, which makes it even more interesting. Now, next thing I wanna show you is mobile. Okay, this is the last part of the demo. All right, how many of you have a mobile phone or tablet? (laughs) It's a joke, because I know that all of you have at least a phone, right, okay? So, you know, you you do email on your phone. You do all these other things. Our view was you should be able to design on your phone. And with Onshape Mobile, we've created the first and only full CAD system that runs on phones and tablets. This isn't a viewer of a file. Those have been around for a long time. Not interesting, in our opinion. This is actually live 3D CAD. So here's the same model. It was shared with me, okay? And I'm opening the same model in the same CAD system, and you see... And this is on my iPhone right here. And again, I'm using, you know, whatever Wi-Fi or LT. It doesn't use much data. I get asked about that all the time. It's not a big data hog. Um, because we're not really sending a full CAD model here. We're giving you the experience of the UI. We've rethought the UI. It's the same sort of features that we had before, but we rethought it for mobile so that we can use touch. So I'm using my finger here to do... Touch operations, you see the UI looks appropriate for an iPhone. Um, And if you you used um, Android, it would look appropriate there too. Everyone in the other windows can see that I'm working on it. Um, And uh, um, I can go in, and remember the the kind of um, modeling power that we had on the desktop? We have it right here on mobile, okay? We, the, the feature dialogue shows up, and I have the same kinds of powerful capabilities, two-direction, draft, you know, and so forth that I had on, on, um, on the web clients I can do on mobile. So there I'm putting a hole, so I'm going to remove material, and as soon as I, I create that hole, it shows up everywhere. I even have version control on my phone, and um, like I say, we, you might wonder, I get this all the time, do people really use it on mobile? And the answer is one in six Onshape sessions happen on phones and tablets, and we have story after story of professionals who say, you know, I was running through the airport, and I needed to make a change, and I pulled out my phone. We have someone who worked on special effects um, for a recent major motion picture that I'm sure many of you have seen. He said, I was on site where they were shooting the movie, and I pulled out my iPad, and made changes to models of things we're using in this movie. And so well, I, can, I can put in
0: If I may, um, that's a
1: fabulous demo. Let me run through a few quick questions and then open it up for comments. Yeah, so there. I'm done. That's the demo, by the way. I'll just summarize by saying professional 3D CAD, no install, any device, the team working together, version control, collaboration. That's the end of the demo. OK, questions?
0: So I'm going to run through a few quick starting questions. First, uh, what about offline?
1: So we don't. No offline.
2: Okay. You're, you're online. Okay.
0: Yep. For the future, a lot of I find my own personal use involves going back and forth between versus offline and online. Um, I would note that as,
2: as
1: a desirable thing to have some notion of offline. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. What we found is the real question, in my opinion, it, it, first of all, if you don't have reliable internet, then then don't use don't use on shape. But if you don't have reliable internet, I'm guessing you're not in Fab Academy because you've chosen it, to me it's like asking well, what do I do Neil if I want to do Fab Academy and I don't have internet. I think the answer no, is. This is like
0: sitting on an airplane
1: or like, you know, going in the woods. Yeah, on the airplane on the airplane, here's the thing. What our this is our doctrine, I'll admit, you're getting you're getting my worldview, okay? My worldview yep. is the question is availability of system. And I will submit to you that we have a much higher availability of Onshape in your life than you'll get with supposed offline software. Because here's the issue, according to some of my customers you get on the plane with your desktop software, <laughs> and it says, Oh, um, I'm not able to run now, I need an update. Um, or you get on the plane and and your computer just doesn't run. I, or as I walked into a customer, he says, what, "I said, what are you doing?" He says, oh, "I'm waiting for my software to update." You never get that with us. And you get internet on the plane. Okay. So just, so, just, so just, and unscheduled unscheduled downtime for us, virtually unheard of. You know, we're up all it. the okay. time. We don't we don't have any downtime. Yeah. Got it.
2: Okay. Next
0: question. Um, I'd say in the types of CAD, the thing. The, among things that's biggest growing is um, generative scripting programming. So um, how does coding relate to Onshape?
1: So we, we think we've taken an incredible approach to that. So we have, as you know, Onshape is a parametric system, okay? We use parametric features. I know there's a whole bunch of doctrine about that. We also support direct editing. Don't have time to explain all that. Some of you will, will know what that means, some won't. Regardless, whenever you started a new CAD system, you have commands like extrude and, and sweep and loft, okay? In the, I'm talking about the pro-level CAD systems now. They're out there. These features come built from the factory, right? And if you want to change them, most users say, oh, I wish it worked differently. I wish there were new ones. You call the company. If you want to change a feature in SolidWorks or Catia. you change it. Ours are all written in a language called script. And... You can actually um you can actually edit and create your own features. Like I've installed here a whole bunch of other features, and these are all custom features written in our scripting language, and we've made our code um open source. So the code we wrote for our extrude, our fillet, our shell, the features you saw me using, we've open sourced that code under MIT license in our language called FeatureScript we also have a complete ide for feature script called a feature studio and that lets you code features in here with a real you know with syntax checking and color coding and so forth and if you want to learn more about feature script um go to our website which is um is it, i get that so yep so this is this is you know, and so we have so, you can, these are some of the examples people have made. I'll just show you quickly. We don't have a wiring package, people wrote one. Um, gears, airfoils, beams, different okay. kinds of spines. Great. Deal. Yeah. Um, looks like you
0: really nailed that one. Uh, next question. In Fab Academy, we also cover um, circuit design tools and microcode tools. Talk about your roadmap for expanding the kinds of functionality of design.
1: Okay so so we have um, we have in um, in our app store we have partners I I, I believe we have our first circuit board Coming Yeah we have a circuit board partner about to launch that will let you import a 3D model of a circuit board from just about any of the standard formats that are produced and I hope it supports your the formats you work with I don't know that we can check on it but you're probably thinking beyond that. Beyond that, we, we we um have talked to people like Upburger. You know, we're a great companion to a system like that. Um if you've used if you've used them. And we really would rely on partners. We are not right now working on say our own tools in that area.
0: Yeah, because what what I'm getting at is through the Fab Academy, we cover all of these different topics with different design tools. And the most interesting frontier is Not importing and exporting exactly as you've
1: underscored, but merging the workflow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say we give you a platform that allows, you know, allows some interesting ideas. One thing I didn't show you that um, just in support of that is you may have noticed these tabs at the bottom of the screen, an Onshape document, an atomic Onshape unit is called a document with multiple tabs. Each tab is sort of like a file, Uh, um, and in fact, it, it can be a part or assembly or drawing, but it can also be bitmaps, it can be a PDF file, and it can be anything. This can be, oh, STL files are frequently on here. So when you export an STL, by the way, to 3D print it, you can both download it and put it on a tab that gets version controlled. So if you have version one, two, three, four, five of your CAD model, In Onshape with the STL, it's all stored. But for circuits, you could imagine putting, putting circuit applications and their data on these tabs and storing it as a unit. That would be a pretty reasonable thing to foresee in the future, but we'd have have to have the right partner. Hint, as you put your tools in the cloud, your tools, Neil, could be running in our tabs if you wanted them to be, and they could write, they could write data to it, and we'd version control and collaborate. it.
0: Got it. For time, I'm going to jump to the last question, which is a large one. Um, uh, declarative versus imperative design. Um, uh, the, the transition from you telling the design tool how to do it to telling what it wants and it doing um, you know, multidisciplinary optimization to find solutions.
1: Okay. So I think okay. generative design is um, going to be used more and more. And it's particularly in a world of cloud computing and um, additive manufacturing are both super important for generative because um, newsflash, you know, your, your desktop computer isn't getting any faster. It might add another core next year or something. But, you know, if you're going to harness massive compute power, you're going to need to do it in the cloud. And then um, additive lets you manufacture those shapes, as you well know. You know, so, so I think generative design is super cool and important. And it's one of the reasons that we've put the investment into sort of merging um, uh, those worlds. And so you asked about, um, and so so I think the well, future but I, though- i really asking
2: about
0: uh, con, uh, search against constraints. So moving from, here's the table I want to make to here's the loads I want to handle, find a table.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to use both approaches. You know, I think I think we're going to use, we're gonna use, I don't think that tomorrow you know, anytime soon we're gonna see products that are complete or even parts that are completely generative. Sure.
0: But again, the low level question is do you have like not just constraints but search tools in on
1: But what I'm sorry, search? Oh,
0: so not just constraint solving, but do you have search tools that let you say minimize the design against the constraint?
1: Yeah, I think that would be a great direction for us to go. And we we'd um we'd love to we'd love to have that in the future, whether through partners or or um, current. We've seen, we've watched carefully some of the early attempts in that field, and we're not especially happy with most of the work. Like there isn't a lot of work out there that we say, wow, we wish we could do it like product X. I'm not knocking it. There's some really interesting work, but we we aspire to a little bit more than that, you know, and and in terms of having finished shapes. But yeah, it's it should be part of this, Neil. It should be. And we should be able to offer you a choice of generative algorithms and and um, and the kind of and support for the kind of reps that you want to have, like distance fields mixed with the B rep, meshes mixed with the brep rep. That's why, like I said, we're half done. You know, but yeah, i I think it's important and we'd love to do it and we've got to get to work on it. Great. So let's open up anybody questions for John?
0: Comments? Someone's
1: got a question.
0: I think you, you've overwhelmed everybody. Uh, I get, remember star six on unmute on the bridge, give it a minute. Let's see, who's here? Blair, Kenzo, Shirley, you have questions for John.
3: I have been using Onshape for a little while, so it's useful to get the historical background um, and um, like the product
1: thus far. Oh, good. Great, Uh, happy to hear that.
0: Blair, can you just give a minute to explain who you are and where you are? I think John would be interested.
3: Um, Yeah, I'm in uh, Detroit, uh, Michigan, and um, we're uh, a fab lab that is focused on doing community-based kind of direct action work so we do training but we also try to do community-based project products to make an impact and so Neil I don't know if you know but uh, Jonathan Ward's actually joining us next week and uh,
0: I was going to ask I heard a rumor that's fabulous so um, John, Jonathan Ward is Nadia's collaborator on the snap machine that spawned other machine company and I heard a rumor he was going to go work with Blair Detroit
3: oh great yeah, yeah so one of the things we're going to be working on is a parametric micro house um and you know working with an integration of um kind of customization at the kind of consumer level um with folks who are learning the digital fabrication kind of physicality of making things um but also working on the software extensions to be able to state your intent relative to what you want the micro cabin to do, which is kind of getting back to some degenerative ideas.
0: Mm -hmm. So, Blair, that raises another question, which is, John, is it possible to sort of skin on shape if you wanted to make, like, a custom workflow tool for specific for housing?
1: Can you make, like, a wrapper? um, Yes and no. You know, yes, actually, we have a partner who will do dramatic wrappers, but one of the things we've seen people do is produce some really – Cool feature script is a pretty good way to start, and um, you can you can make um, dialogues for features to do very powerful things. And so it's not exactly what you're looking for, but the cool thing about it is, if you do make a custom feature, it can it immediately shows up on phones and tablets and everywhere in the world. Um, but uh, it, it's possible with more work to do a a kind of skinned configurator, but that's really a job. That's a, that. There's more heavy lifting involved in that from a programming standpoint. We could steer you to some partners who are doing that. Got it. So uh,
0: questions or wish lists or requests? I see Barcelona, Brazil, India.
3: We got a question from Laura here. John, can you hear us?
0: Yeah. Yes. So uh, Jens, can you introduce yourself? Uh, Sorry, Jens, you just muted.
3: Yeah, so uh I'm I'm running a Fab Lab here in Oslo and we really love our team teaming, So we got not one of these shop for but two of them. And oh, sorry, sorry, uh sorry
0: just, uh, Jens just to introduce you, I wanna find okay, so yeah, Sales I don't know how to say it, Sells Um so John, Jens did a world tour visiting Fab Labs for like years was it yeah and including obama's grandmother in western kenya and now runs a fab lab in oslo but they're doing beautiful stuff on these are machi- fab lab machines made in fab labs and then they're doing a lot on the software workflows for the fab lab machines made in fab labs to do much tighter end-to-end integration So, go ahead, yeah. Yeah.
3: So, 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 John, we generate, and, you know, using Grasshopper, we generate parametric machines, and we generate We use the same environment to generate the machine and to cut that machine and to later operate that machine. We're very concerned with integrating code and COM. So, how far is the shape making, you know, toolpaths for printing, laser cutting, and printing in the browser?
1: Well, we have partners that are, we have a partner that's doing it today, um, and a couple more working on. So if you look, um, like we, there's a program called Curimoto, which I think I showed, yeah, like, this is an example. Curimoto is an app that's in our app store um, that does tool path preparation right in the cloud based on unshaped models. And, uh, Uh, I know that my co-founder is using it at home on the CNC machine that he designed and built, not parametrically, uh, well, no, parametric and on shape. I mean, it's not a program for others to use, but it's a nice parametric assembly that he built and he's been running Kirimoto to build parts of the machine itself. Um, John, I think two two notes on that. In our own internal
0: development, increasingly CAD, CAM, and machine control are merging, not as distinct steps, but as one environment. And part of what's driving it is the kinds of machines that we're making, that Jens is making, that um, Jonathan's going to be making there are moving from sending a file to the machine to the machine becoming a real-time network that you interactively control. And so you close loops at a very high level in the software. Rather than saying, follow this tool path, at a much higher level, you say, make this part. And so you need to do this sort of mind meld of the machine network with the design
1: environment. Um, and that, you know, I mean, we're we're well architected for that. We don't. It's not an area we at Onshape. We have not chosen to invest in the, you know, in the in the controlling the machine and the toolpath. You know, it's just you draw the line somewhere. But we welcome as a partner, and that's really our vision. Like we're talking to people in 3D printing and CNC, you know, about. Um, uh,
0: so here, here's the, here's a real time suggestion um, in mods. the the web framework I showed you. One of the things we did was build in web sockets to some other CAD tools. So rather than exporting or feature, the CAD tool itself opens a web socket that pumps geometry into this environment. What could be an interesting collaboration with Onshape for all of these questions we're now asking you is if you built a web socket in so we could build real-time interfaces into the engine, is that conceivable?
1: We are. We already have. I mean, that's what our partners do, as far as I know. You know, that's exactly. You know, you've come to the right place because we're we're designed for cloud services to talk to each other in real time and get updates. And so, so with a lot of our partner apps, you know, they they sit there and listen, and we say, oh, here's new geometry that that the user generated. It's not really a file based mentality. But and so for file, they respond. to two things. We should follow-ups. do something. You know, now I'm not sure we have the exact, you know, exact thing we need, but we're well set up to do it. And in fact, ultimately, what you want to do, I mean, for my three, you know, when I 3D print, I'm dying to have a closed loop inspection so that while the first layer is printing, I know the actual size that was made versus the CAD model instead of instead of waiting till the parts done or building test parts and finding out they don't fit, which I've done plenty of. <laughs> And I'm sure some of you have, you know, so that would be super cool. And also with, uh, another item is with generative, the data is too big anyway. You know, you're not going to want to send around a lattice structure <laughs> to, you know, in a file. You're going to want to slice it in the cloud and send the machine control there. We're already talking to people about that kind of stuff. So, you yeah, we
0: have we- a lot of work to do. So, yeah, and anything it's else? Right.
3: I think uh, the most important for us is that we talk and listen to the program. As long as we can talk and listen, we can, we can build our own solution. So, yeah. You can. So,
0: yep. following this, I'll coordinate with you about getting a WebSocket interface so we can get stuff in and out of OnShape. So, not a file export, but a real time socket interface.
1: Yeah, a couple. Of I minutes. will tell you quickly. The API isn't you, the API. You have to uh, go through a special process to get access to. You'll find it on the website, but you don't get it by default with your account. Okay, so just so you know that. But we can help you with that. However, okay. okay go on. Um, few okay. minutes left.
0: Did I see somebody in Barcelona? Somebody anywhere else? Yeah.
2: Hello, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I have a question from uh, John from regarding Onshape. If I'm working in version one... Sorry, one I've been in a minute.
0: Are you with Vijayan Ashram?
2: Yes, uh, sorry. Yeah, I'm Nishtha Paschik, and I'm from uh, Vijan Ashram, India.
0: Okay, so John, I want you to see... Um, this is... Um, I want you to see, let's see if we go to Google Maps, and then we go to... Pabal India, this is one of, the remote, one of the most remote fab labs, um, let's see, um, let's see, Google Maps is not happy, oh, I want to take a minute to show you where, what, I, where get, look at my
2: screen,
1: I got it on my screen Neil, okay, my screen. so uh,
0: this is Pabal India, Oh, um, near Pune. We, we have an office in Pune, so. Right. This is a little rural village um, where the it was founded by the head of research for Hindustan, Lever, who created a Rural Science Institute, which is one of our first remote fab labs. And um, it's this flourishing kind of te- technology community in rural India and Western Maharashtra um, that now has the bandwidth to be part of the Fab Academy. So um, it's uh, Vigyan Ashram. So go ahead.
2: Yeah, so uh, I'm Mr Kaushik. I'm from Chandigarh, but doing my Saab Academy from Vigyan Ashram. And uh, I have a question regarding Onshape. That In case I'm using version 1 in Onshape, and uh, after an year Onshape improves to version 2 or 3, is my design compatible with version 1? or uh, are
1: there any changes, or does it automatically change it? So we, we, um, your traditional thinking about versions, you can stop worrying about it with us, basically. That's what we design. One of the things we want to do is get you out of the business of worrying about versions. So everyone in the, everyone in the world is on the same version of Onshape always in real time, and it's the latest one. So you can't use the old version or something. It's impossible. We update versions about every three weeks. And we update, you know, when you, you don't have to do anything or worry about it, all the models. So the answer is yes, all the models you make in Onshape at any point in its history can open today and can open in the future. And we go to great lengths to ensure that so you don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> um, that's the, that's the story. Yeah. So enjoy and stop worrying. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's, We're up to 10 o'clock. Yeah.
0: Final last words from anybody? Nope, if not, um, I think you've inspired a lot of people to revisit on shape head nodding um, following this, uh, I'll do two things with you. I'll confirm educational access for Fab Academy students and um work with you on how we provide a low level interface. Uh, it may be your API, but it may be a collaboration around a, um, something like a WebSocket interface, so that um, not not just a plug-in, but actually pulling geometry out into other environments. Maybe a deeper collaboration. So I'll explore that um, with you afterwards.
2: Okay. That
1: would be great.
0: And uh, let's look ahead to a time to. The Fab Lab community, so you can meet all of these people in person.
1: To what? I'm sorry. To come to, to you, what,
0: one of the global gatherings of this network so you can meet all these people in person and they can meet. Oh, I, all
1: I'd i love to. You're in Chile this year, right? Yeah. Is that right? So maybe, maybe we can get I you there. The yeah, I saw the website. I'd love to go, but I, I'll have to check. But, you know, someday it would be great. Um, okay. Well, maybe someday is
0: August of this year. I'll check with you on that. Okay.
1: All right, let's check in on that. Okay. Um, okay. With that. Thank you very much for for um, inviting me. It's it's uh, really great to get to know um, more about what you're doing. And congratulations, it's it's very cool and the all what you have built. So what you as in your team, you know your global team is built.
0: Okay, and reciprocally, everything you just said about what you're doing. Okay. Okay. Thank you, John. Bye, bye. Bye, bye.